our new location at 77 Grove Street, the former CVPS building. Now we've got the power. The Rutland Herald's local sports podcast. This is the Inside Pitch. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald. Thank you for supporting your hometown newspaper. Here they are, Bob Fredette and Tom Haley. Play ball! Hello, this is Bob Fredette. Hello, this is Tom Haley. This is the Inside Pitch. Okay, this is Bob Fredette. Welcome back to Inside Pitch. I'm here with Tom Haley, George Nostrin, our engineer, whose grandfather played for the Knicks. Was that, was that, was that right? That must be right. Okay. And our guest today, Eric Ramey, the uh, former athletic director at, at Fairhaven and now, for several years, the college uh, softball coach at Castleton, and it's it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, it's, uh, glad you're here on a snowy day when everything it's else snowing is like crazy it's snowing like crazy out there. How many days are you from North Myrtle Beach? We are. We we're going to be playing our second uh, day of the season a month from today. So we open wow. up. We open up February 28th down there, and um, we'll do our best between now and then to turn gym ball into softball and prepare ourselves. So. And why the change from Florida to South Carolina? Our break this year. Our break's a week later, oh, February break, and okay. we have an opportunity to go down and play 10 games in the same amount of time. Um, I shouldn't say same amount of time, but 10 games and only miss two days of class because we're on break. So we'll head out on Tuesday, um, the 26th, fly in, practice on the 27th, play the 28th through March 4th, and come home on the 5th. So missed two days of classes, played 10 games, versus when we were going to Florida, we were missing two days of classes and only getting in six games. So wow. a little longer trip. And yeah. Yeah, so we thought that was the best best way to go about our business. Also, with the move to the Little East, regular season games get scheduled um, a little earlier in March ah. than, than what we did up here with the NAC. So I think we're scheduled to open March 23rd. Um, so, yeah, we come back the 5th. We'll give the kids a week off to regroup academically and get their classes settled in, and then we'll have about a week and a half, two weeks to prepare for our opener up here. Okay. Okay. Now, now I was looking at that schedule. How does that particular set of games prepare you for the season? How competitive is that? It's very competitive, yeah. I mean, every year we've gone to Florida, we've played um, – you know, teams from the Midwest, that some some schools from the um, Wisconsin Superior each year, which have been great challenges for us. Um, North Central out of Illinois has been a great challenge. Um, and then there's game teams from the Northeast that are really competitive for us. We've got the upper hand in some of those, which has been been pretty good. Um, this is going to be new. We've never played any of the schools that we'll see down there. So I think uh, some of the schools from the from the Northeast side of it um, will be in similar situations to we, that we are. Um, and then we get a couple schools from other places that maybe have more opportunities to be in bigger facilities to maybe be playing more live ball before they get there yeah so um we'll do the best we can so with any amount of luck for us i know it doesn't won't look at today and probably tomorrow morning hopefully we can get our turf cleared off and at least we can get outside on the turf before we go and do some some work in space you know catch some flat yeah. balls and move and and at least get accustomed to fielding the ball live so, yeah because off the gym floor gets a little old and we don't we don't hit them quite as hard because we don't know what hop we're going to get. But. Yeah, that's true. Although I'll, that, that with with the weather that we're experiencing right now, I don't know if I'd want to be catching a line drive that somebody here yeah. no. at me either. No, so. we go out. We don't we don't hit. You know, when we get out on the turf, it's all about just moving around. We don't throw really. Um, we don't hit out there, but we just get our bodies moving in space and start to make adjustments to balls in the air. You know, and the wind. Um, that's a big help on the turf. You know, which way is the flag blowing? 
because that's <laughs> that's the way the ball is going to travel when it gets up there. So, yeah. and we don't play in great conditions when we're when we're here in the spring. Well, that's so, true. So you know, if we're you outside, might hit a day once in a while, but but most of the time, yeah, that, absolutely, it's pretty. Absolutely. We're, we'll practice in the flurries when we can out there. And yeah. we'll play in the flurries sometimes, March, even, yeah. even April. So, yeah. you know, we just try to make the best of it and prepare as best we can. So, Hey, this is Jack Rogers, boys basketball coach at Mill River, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch. Subscribe to Rutland Herald's local sports podcast at iTunes and have Bob and Tom delivered to your inbox every week. So the, um, it's the all-new set of teams on the uh, – on the southern swing, but also a whole new set of teams in the conference. First year in the Little East, um, everybody's become so familiar with the lay of the land in the North Atlantic Conference. Husson's had its day, its run. Castleton had its good run. Uh, Thomas and Farmington had a couple good teams. Who is the? Who have been the standard bearers in softball? in the LEC? Well, I think it depends how you look at it. You know, they they beat each other up all year, and what they've had when they had eight teams, we'll be, we're the ninth team in the conference now. They've had right. a six-team postseason tournament, and two years ago, there was, a, I think, a four-way tie for first place at eight and six, and then the wow. five-six seed wow. were seven and seven. So, and then it goes to the tiebreakers to establish the seeding and who's going to host. So, um, Plymouth and and uh, UMass Boston the last two years have met in the finals and um, UMass Boston got the better of both of them to go to the NCAA tournament. We played both of them last year, so we opened up our schedule in the Northeast by going down to UMass Boston and they had returning pitcher of the year and player of the year and we were thinking, okay, let's just go down here and compete and get seven innings in both games and um, we had them both games and got beat in walk-offs. Wow. So, um, so lost two one-run games down there. And we started to believe we could be pretty good, knowing that we were playing, you know, the defending champion and, and preseason number one of the Little East Conference. Went to Plymouth and split with them over there. So co- competition-wise, I think we're going to be okay. I don't think yep. we're going to be intimidated. The difference is this, and I think, Tom, from all the coverage you've done over the years, is we knew – in the knack that there was a couple teams as long as we rolled out of bed and showed up we were probably right gonna win exactly those days are gone now we have to be able to get ourselves motivated and prepared to compete at our best every day so every day that we play again in the little east so that's going to be the challenge you know when we're playing Keene and we're playing plymouth state we're playing them a week and a half two weeks apart so we can kind of build up and, and set things up so we're ready to go now we're going to play little east on tuesday or wednesday and we're going to play them again on saturday and then we're going to do it again the next week and that's the way it's going to roll and then we're going to throw in some non-conference games in there with middlebury and skidmore mm-hmm. and rpi who yeah. are really good programs as well so um it, the schedule is definitely stronger, definitely uh, more of a challenge for us, but that's the fun in it, right? Yeah. That's the fun in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. What is that going to make things like for you when, as, as far as your uh, recruiting, obviously you can say, hey, look, now we're in the Little East, but does that mean you got to move farther away from getting maybe as many Vermont players as you've been used to getting? I think we always have to have a balance of players, you know. Um, we're going to move farther away no we'll recruit the boston area and connecticut area and you know new hampshire a little bit more absolutely we will because now we can say hey listen we play down here your families are going to be able to come watch you play and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of kids down there that probably get overlooked with the number of schools down there so maybe we can find some kids 
with what we've done at the university with adding the Maple Scholarship, which is extended all across the borders into New York, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, um, really has opened up Section 2 for us in New York, which is one of the most talented areas for, for softball that you'll find. It's excellent softball. We're over there a lot trying to recruit and, and find kids that are interested and looking to become maybe a fit at a small school. Maybe they don't want to be in Albany, maybe they don't want to be in a city, maybe they they like the peace and tranquility of a Castleton campus. So, and they want to continue their softball careers as yeah. well. So, and they'll be close to home. And they're close You're to right home. right there. They're close to home. And a lot of those people, if they're down near the Albany area, it's not hard to get to Massachusetts. You jump on I-90 and away you go. Yeah. And you know our non-conference, again, Skidmore, RPI, Middlebury, those aren't long trips for families for over there if they want to come watch us play. So that's kind of where we focused our, our recruiting on. But we're starting to work our way down into Massachusetts, and we're talking to some kids just below Brattleboro, which is nice. And hopefully we can work our way down into Connecticut. The Maple Scholarship doesn't get us into Connecticut. Connecticut. But again, there's all sorts of summer tournaments and teams and, and um, kids from that area that are really good softball players that might get lost in the shuffle. I mean, we've got two two Connecticut freshmen right now that, that found us, and then we started the conversation, and they ended up coming to us. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the uh, Brattleboro-Greenfield area, you've had a couple of good pitchers <laughs> out of each place, Brattleboro and Greenfield. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, um, you've been out in Jimbal now since, I think, the 22nd? We started last Wednesday. Okay. I think uh, we, we actually, with the storm that came in last week, we bumped things back a day so kids could get back for second semester. Because I, well, I would think with Jimbal, it would be kind of hard to assess a lot of things, like fielding and hitting, but it would also seem that one thing that you maybe could get a grip on at least to an extent in Jimbal would be pitching yeah absolutely I mean we get a lot of reps in and we work on a lot of aspects of pitching it's not just throwing it's fielding the position it's making sure our coverages are all set our bunt rotations our our, our steel coverages different all those things and pitching is the key to all that so but in terms of our pitching pitchers getting their work in you know, last night's workout was, you know, some conditioning pieces to it. And then our pitchers worked on their best two pitches and they alternated. You know, tonight they're going to do conditioning. Then they're going to work on what they consider their two weakest pitches. So we can take that time in the gym and we can pinpoint the things we really need to work on. As far as assessing, we do our assessing in the fall. Right. So when we select our, our team, we pretty much pick our team in the fall for the spring season. Um, so we have an idea what everybody can do offensively, defensively, how they move. And now what we try to do is make them better at it. So, you know, breaking things down and smaller. The reality is, you know, we can get a lot done in an office this size. What's this thing? 10 by 15, 10 by 18. We can do a lot of softball work in this area with infield exchanges, you know, around the base, fielding um Fielding the ball around the base, first base work, tags, all that stuff. We do it in a small area with flips. So the the for us, it's all about touching the ball. Yeah. You know, the more touches we get, the more reps, um, the better we hope to be when we get out to the field and hopefully everything translates over. So the assessing piece really gets done in the fall. Right. Now we try to fine-tune things as best we can. And then the reality is when you get outside and you get on the field, it's a whole new ball game. Kids are excited. Now we've got to gear it back a little bit sometimes just to slow it down because they're just excited to be out there and yeah. get dirty. So, yeah. But uh, the pitching piece, the pitching, yeah. yeah. The downside, mm. catchers get beat up. Oh. You know, the catchers <laughs> get beat up. Yeah. So if there's a downside, that's, that's it. When you've got catchers that are catching two, 
to 300 pitches a day yeah. takes a toll on their hands. The next thing you know, the bat doesn't feel good in their hands. And so we try to make sure that we protect them a little bit too. And there's some days, some pitchers want to throw every day and we've got to tell them, no, you're not, <laughs> you know, to just try to rest them a little bit. And uh, well, so speaking of pitching, I, I ran into uh, Bill only in the supermarket, longtime pitching coach of yours. Hello, this is Jack Healy. Hello, my name is Kate Catman. This is Chris Hughes. This is Jason Behenna. This is Paul Copo. Hi, this is Mike Kinsler, and you're listening to the Inside Pitch with Bob Fredette and Tom Hall of Fame Haley. And uh, he was explaining to me how his life had changed a little bit. He, I guess, he was had an opportunity to have more time in the South during the yeah. winter. And good for him, because he's older than I am, and I'm old as dirt. So, Bill... Bill invented dirt. Bill did, yeah. He actually did, you know. He made the field at Mill River, the baseball field. He did invent dirt. But um, how much will he be able to work with you? And is that that pitcher from wherever she's from, Concord College in West West Virginia, Virginia. is she still there also? Okay. Yeah. Bill's... uh, Bill's a special person, and uh, he still loves to teach, you know. And he was a, the the reality of Bill is that he he lived this. He he pitched, so he's yeah. just not someone that you know decided his daughter wanted to learn how to pitch and taught himself. Bill taught was taught by his father throwing softballs at a swinging tire in a tree when he was a kid, and then he goes on to pitch at the highest level of men's fast pitch, and. He's also a school teacher. Right. So he has the ability to communicate. Plus, at the time, he had the ability to demonstrate. The demonstration part isn't there anymore. But he can still come in and clearly communicate what he wants yeah. our pitchers to do, what adjustments. Yeah. And it's amazing. And Kayla Woods, the sixth, you know, is perfect Kayla, example. Perfect yeah. example. As great as Kayla was when she arrived at Castleton, which was before, you know, I, I had Kayla for the last three years of her career there. But. His first practice with her, he asked her how she threw a pitch, and she showed him, and he said, well, what if you tried this? And he just put her finger on the other side of the lace, and she looked at him and said, how come no one ever told me that before? And then it took off from there. And his ability to pick up the small things and and communicate it to kids makes all the difference. We don't have him for you know right now because he's on. He was smart enough to get out of here before all the snow, <laughs> yeah. snow got here. Yeah. Um, but when he shows up at practice, it's literally like Santa Claus just arrived. Our kids flock to him. Mm-hmm. They love to listen to him. He tells stories. He shows them things. He does things that are um, new to them, and uh, it's just a great balance because they get tired of my voice for sure. You know, I get tired of my voice, but I know when we're in the gym all the time, um, having, a, having a fresh voice come in is, is important. And then Sarah Herndon, our, our graduate assistant, you know, was a Division II pitcher at Concord College in West Virginia. Um, Sarah's, her, she had two brothers that played at the university, played baseball at the University of Virginia. And one even went on and played a little bit of, of minor league ball. So she grew up in a family with a ball and a bat. And she is very, she's a very good um, instructor especially for young kids. Mm. She, she understands the little things. She sees little mistakes. She tries to um, make suggestion, suggestions to correct them. And she, her approach is a little different than Bill's, which is good because a lot of the kids that we get 
have had multiple pitching coaches or hitting coaches or fielding coaches or strength coaches. So they've heard a bunch of different ways to do things. So for us to just say, all right, now this is how you do it, doesn't work. So we have to take what they do well and try to find the little adjustments that we can make that fit into how they do things. I just think that's the best way to to do it. Old school would have been, nope, that's not how you do it anymore. We're going to change everything you do, and mm. and I just don't think that works anymore. Yeah, you know, there's been well, a perfect case in point was Bill moving like the positioning of one finger mm-hmm. on Kayla Wood and just instant improvement and you wonder how do you improve Kayla Wood and so that that's a great example and what I would think when you're talking about uh, you know your your Bill only and your other uh, assistant your, your grad who has a great pitching resume when you're recruiting a pitcher that's a lot to sell yeah absolutely you know and let me be perfectly honest i don't know anything about pitching that's not what i do right you know it's not my area of expertise well, it's like the soccer and, coach that never played goalkeeper yeah so you know i i need to have people that come in that can explain pitching and make adjustments and um explain counts and how we're going to attack hitters and recognizing from one at bat to the next that's that's not my area so um you know when sarah will graduate this spring and we'll be looking for another GA here in a, in a few months and we'll be focused on finding someone that can deal with pitchers oh, yeah. um, and doesn't have to be a pitcher some of the best pitching coaches in Major League Baseball are former catchers right mm-hmm. so you know that's also what we're looking for too is maybe someone that can come in and call a game but is able to also recognize what, what one of our pitchers is struggling with whether it's how they land whether it's their stride whether it's the snap you know and, for, and this is the ball spinning and that's you know that's a softball term spin the pitchers have to spin the ball mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, and you're, you're even starting to hear that a little bit with baseball now too but they have to be able to spin the ball and so we're going to always have a place an emphasis on you know having um, someone that can come in and, and take care of those responsibilities for us yeah do, you, do your catchers call all the games <sighs> Brittany Brayman did a couple of years ago yeah. you know we didn't call a pitch that whole year and mm-hmm. Britt was just uh, just incredible behind the plate and her and Kayla's relationship as well as the one she developed with Taylor Potcat we didn't worry about anything um, this year we're incredibly young so we're probably going to start with Sarah calling pitches to get things going but um, we have a great catcher from Mount Anthony Jamie Boyle oh so yeah we're excited about and Jamie wants to call her own game but she's you know the pitcher and catcher combo has to get a little bit more comfortable with each other right now and we're not going to let them fail if you know if there's going to be a mistake it's going to be on us early on so yeah. we'll take that pressure off them yeah, yeah Jamie's got to be one of your most I would think <laughs> uh prized recruits uh, she's a great player she's a each better, half inning right yeah she's a better kid but she's yeah. fantastic in every aspect and she's um got a cannon for an arm she's got a nice great catcher's body um in her bat and she hits, yeah, but she learned so quick. You know, last night we, we just changed something we were doing in a – I shouldn't we changed it, but we we're just doing a hitting drill we call power steps. And Jamie has a little timing mechanism that she uses when she's in the box and hits. And with faster pitching, it could become a problem. So we're trying to minimize that a little bit. With power step, you can't do it. And it took her three three times to figure out the steps to get it. And she's just driving the ball in the net. And it's not easy to do, but she picks up on everything so quickly. Um, and cannon for an arm – just a, a wonderful kid who's, um, you know, <laughs> we were pretty excited when she committed to us last year. I bet. Yeah. Let me just throw this out at you because we're always talking about the importance of catchers here. Would you rather have a, a, a four-star catcher as a freshman or a pitcher as a freshman? 
I'd rather both. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I'd rather both, but um, catching position is so vital. You know, in yeah. our, our pitching situation right now, we've got we've got four pitchers, all freshmen. So that's going to be one of our challenges. Mm. The beauty of it is they're all different. We've got Kylie Wright from Newport, Vermont, who you know pitched for North Country and was one of the better players. She's got a big bat as well. Um, Kylie's got the best velocity of anybody. Um, we have a girl named Mikhail Arjavich out of Connecticut who's got a unique delivery. Doesn't have the, doesn't have Kylie's velocity, but has a unique spin to the ball and a unique approach that throws hitters off. Um, then we've got Liv Bowen, right? we're all familiar with from Fairhaven, who now is is pitching versus getting strikeouts. Ah, you know, yeah. And lives, now Liv can trust And that. she knew that. She knew you, that. You told yeah, her that told during her that the recruiting the process. You know, you know, we said whatever you end up with a strikeout total at the end of your career, probably get rid of that last number. You know, <laughs> and it's <laughs> going to be a little more realistic. But, yeah. um, but now Liv can trust her defense more than she was able to in high school. And... So now she can trust her pitches. She can trust having the ball be put in play. And as long as she doesn't leave it down the middle of the plate, we got a chance to make a play for her. And, and then we have a girl who was the starting shortstop for the last few years at Essex High School and was probably their number three pitcher, mm. and Emily Harvey. So she was oh, yeah. fantastic in the championship game down here. And um, Emma will play a little bit of middle infield for us, but she's also throws about 50 miles an hour. And that doesn't sound like much, but – the best hitters in the Little East can hit 60. They can't hit 50. Mm, yeah, they struggle mm. with that change of yeah. speed. So yeah. we've got four different approaches and four different styles in the circle this year. The one thing we don't really have is a strikeout pitcher. So right. um, catching is going to be, get back to where this started, catching is going to be key for us. How do we handle these pitchers and how do we make adjustments to hitters in the box? And, um, and our defense has to be solid. I'll always take a great catcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I'll take a great pitcher too. Yeah, so. yeah. No, you you brought up you brought up Olivia. Um, and this is the inside pitch, brought to you by the Rutland Herald. This is Justin St. Louis from Devil's Bowl Speedway, and you can find the inside pitch on iTunes. During the high school season, she hit either in the two, three, or four spot yeah. all the time. She was, I think, she was her best hitter. And I always wondered if things didn't work out in the circle, if there was a place, if there was any thought at all to first base. Um, what about that? I wouldn't say first base, but she's definitely going to get some run in the outfield. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, Olivia's she's a good athlete. She's not just a pitcher. She's a good softball player. So, right. Yep. Um, you know, there's going to be times where she's uh, she's going to be in the mix in the outfield and get her swings at the plate. She runs the bases well. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, she was kind of limited in high school because she was, you know, and, and if you've got a horse in Vermont High School, oh, you, yeah. you ride the horse, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and Liv was a horse, mm -hmm. and, and and she uh, she did her job over there. She played travel ball. She got you know experience playing other positions. Okay. When she came to us in the fall, her her athleticism allowed her to transition to outfield play pretty easily. So, but yeah, she'll uh, we're happy with her. She's really doing great. So, yeah. How does the team look this year? Young. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very young. Okay. But right. I think you're going to find it, if you go down through people's rosters that most people's teams are young now, which is kind of interesting to consider. But you know we're at two seniors. Um, and the group of seniors was the the group that came in 
my second year. So I was hired and this was really my first recruiting class, but I had 15 kids returning from the, the previous team that I, from the team I inherited. So we didn't need to go out and get a lot of kids. So, you know, we, we brought in three, um, we brought in two actually, one transferred out um, two years ago and Tori Swain is still with us and you know from Long Island who's starting first baseman four-year starter she's a great player she's our leader um, but where I was going is that there's not a lot of if you bring in eight or ten kids as freshmen you'll be lucky to have half of them left by the time they're seniors hmm. it's just one of the things I think every program is running into and you know if you go look down through rosters kids love to be recruited Kids love to come play, right? And then the realities of college and, and college athletics settle in, and some of them don't want to make that commitment to stay through it. So when you when you can get kids to stay for three or four years, you've got a real committed kid. And now, is some and of that is some of that lack of retention uh, the thing about um, oh the the realism hits uh, the tuition uh, at at this out of state school is a little high and I can do better back home and if so does the maple award is that going to help at all I think the maple award certainly helps with that definitely helps um, I do think the tuition piece can be a part of it but um, I think one of the biggest pieces is the commitment piece and I'm not knocking I'm not trying to knock kids on, on commitment it's it's different now and than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago and kids are coming from pick whatever sport you want coming from AAU coming from travel softball coming from travel soccer where there's more games in practice okay so you take my sport and you take Ted mm -hmm. Chipley up with baseball we're practicing <laughs> we're practicing for weeks inside mm. with no games and kids aren't doing that as much as you know yeah. anymore it's 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 more games in practice so um, that piece I think for some kids is a little bit harder to adjust to that and the fact that you add in strength and conditioning you know, which is for us, it's two times a week. There's two more hours of the week that they're with their team doing, you know, something to that's softball specific. And it's less time to, if their friends say, hey, do you want to want to go out to dinner? You want to go shopping? You want to do whatever? So some kids are paying their own way through school, too. And it's hard for them to work and balance the athletic piece of it and the strength and conditioning piece. So some kids just get to the point where they're like, I need to make a choice. Yeah. And, and they'll step away. So I think you'll see, you just see, you see a lot of kids, like I said, that are excited that they got recruited. They get a spot on a team and they go play. Maybe the, most of those kids are probably all starters, right? And they're in their club teams and their high school teams. And maybe now they've got to go through the process of, of waiting a little bit and, uh, Kids aren't as patient anymore for that stuff. And so after a couple of years, sometimes they move on. And we have to go out and we bring in eight or 10 more to, to replace them. Yeah, yeah. Where the, uh, with a young team, as you said, is, is, can you actually look at it and say, we have a strength here or there? I think our, well, we have, right now our strengths are chemistry. We have a really tight knit group. It's, it's a lot of fun. They're, uh, they're, they trust each other. They've got a great sense of humor. There's, 
they're polite, they're respectful, they're sarcastic, they're all those things. They're entertaining. <laughs> they're entertaining to be around. It's yeah. a non, nothing it's, like chemistry to yeah, aid, so aid your retention right yeah, there. We're, they're they're equal opportunity harassers of each other, which is fun. <laughs> oh, it's great. So, Ten days in a, yeah. in a hotel room down south. Yeah. That would yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think right now that's a big strength for us yeah. is that they're checking in with each other and looking out for each other and working out together. And um, I think defensively we should be solid. You know, our, our around the circle to help our pitchers who are going to have to pitch to contact more than right. more than we've had to. Yep. Um, I think around the circle our defense is going to be really good. Um, that said, we'll be young. we'll be young. Um, we're lucky we have our you know first team all conference shortstop back. You know, Callie Van Gordon who transferred to us last year, second semester. Um, and she's phenomenal so she'll anchor us up the middle but we've got a girl Kate LaPan from Hudson Falls New York which is a section 2 all-star um, who was a shortstop in, in high school and travel ball she'll, she'll, she'll be at second primarily Tori will hold down first and you know four year starter and got a girl out of Buffalo named Miranda Fish and a, one of the girls out of Connecticut Kayla Fack um, kind of battling that a little bit for third both Really good players, really good hitters. Going to be hard to keep both their bats out of the lineup. So, and then you talk mm -hmm. to Amy Boyle behind the plate. Pretty good. Devin Miller from Brattleboro in center field will be back for a second year. And then uh, right field and left field, people are going to compete for those positions. So, yeah. um, but we have an experienced sophomore back, uh, Jana Ryan from, well, she came to us from Rhode Island, but she, our family actually resides up in Maine now. So um, we've got her experience back defensively. And then we'll see what happens with, with left field. So, but. Um, I'm excited with this group. I really think we can compete. You know, we're going to put some kids in the lineup though to start the year that have zero college at bats. Mm -hmm. So the experience piece is going to be a little baptism by fire for us. But we've got some kids that have played um, pretty high level uh, travel ball. You know, and and have been on some good high school teams. And we've got some kids that are accustomed to winning. So I don't think uh, losing early will sit well with them. So yeah. we'll. Uh, We've talked a little bit about how uh, every every coach has a, has a certain niche or something to do on the team. How do you approach the sports psychology part of this? <laughs> Communication. You know, I think one of the things that we're really, I don't want to say we're really good at, but my door is always open. I think there's some places where athletes dread getting going into their coach's office and my door is always open. My kids are in my office all the time. So, you know, they're pretty open with me about things that are going on. Um, I don't have a lot of rules for them. Be responsible, be respectful, communicate, let me know what I need to know, be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And it seems to work for us. Um, the sports psychology piece, I think is just being aware of what's going on. So I need the kids to tell me if something's going, mm -hmm. you know, a different, you know, one way or the other, and that way I can help them. Um, or they can go to Sarah or Mark Lambert who helps us or use our, our athletic trainers. You know, we have resources for them with the sports psychology piece. and. Sometimes it's one of the players that needs to come and tell us, hey, this is what's going on with so-and-so. Or if they do go to the trainer, this is what you need to know. So we just kind of work through it and, and try to stay ahead of it as best we can. Um, different kids have different challenges. Some of it can be the financial piece, like you you mentioned, yep. where kids are trying to work. Some of them have academic challenges where they, you know, the academic piece doesn't come easy. Some of them are trying to rehab from injuries that get frustrated. They never experienced setbacks like that. So. Um, and then there's this social media thing that popped up, you know, that can be a challenge for some people. And uh, we try to we try to make sure that that doesn't become an issue for them. Yeah. yeah it's going to be exciting. I mean, I, I think the, the thing that ca came through today, one of the things is uh, with the Little East, um, the four and a half, five inning, eight to nothing games are over. 
probably yeah. in, you know, yeah. in large part. At least I hope so. <laughs> you know, I hope I'm not on the other end of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, this will be it'll be highly competitive without question. You know, um we've played Plymouth, we've played Keene, we've played right. UMass Boston, we've played those teams and we've been in a battle with them every game. Every game. So uh you know, not familiar at all in terms of on the field with East Con or West Con or Rhode Island College. Obviously Southern Maine's got a good program up there as well. Um so yeah, little uh, it'll be some baptism by fire, but we're excited with uh, we're excited with our kids. We're excited with our with, with the people that are there that are showing up all the time, and we'll just go about our business. So, all right. Now, when do we open at home? Oh boy, you had to ask that. Okay, uh, I don't. <laughs> it's probably a moot point because it, it yeah, may not, not happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, a, I don't know. Scenario. Against, I don't know against two. I think we're supposed to host Skidmore, maybe March thirtieth or thirty first, April first. That last that last yeah, Saturday you know, and yeah. last at Skidmore the last Saturday in March. Some years, exactly yeah, it happens. Yeah, some years. Yeah. Well, by yeah. year two, when I was back, we we opened up March twenty third against Norwich. Wow. At home, so that was a real mild winter, and we got out there. Yeah. Elfield was still frozen, but it was clear. So, yeah. <laughs> so we could play. So are any busters sitting on those bleachers in there? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we're out of time again, but uh, Eric, I want to thank you for coming by and talking. Uh, it's been very interesting talking about the Castle and team. I know we've we'll have to have you back some time because we didn't talk about a lot of things that I thought we'd be talking about here. But, but that always leaves room for the future, too. That's but, true. Uh, uh, it's been been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Bob Fredette with Tom Haley, George Nostrin, uh, and come back and see us next time or listen to us next time on Inside Pitch. This is the Inside Pitch. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald. Let us know what you think Email us at sports at rutlandherald.com.